Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Well, I was all set. Oh, dear. Oh, no. I knew that was going to happen. I went running today and it was really windy. And so I was breathing in a bunch of, you know, dust and dirt, debris, whatever. Just breathing in the wind. And as I've been talking to people on the phone in the last few hours, uh, I keep having to clear my throat, so I apologize for that. I was hoping it wouldn't happen on the very first syllables that I began the show with, but, you know, there goes the perfect show. So I was actually thinking, ever since I saw the numbers uh, from the Super Bowl and some of the trends with what turns out to be the third most watched Super Bowl, actually the third The third highest rated, well, ratings, let me say it again, the third most watched show in television history. How about that? Third most watched show in TV history. And the other two are also Super Bowls. But I was was thinking about it. I was going to start with that because it's such a big deal, the number of people that were tuned in and then saw the news about Michigan State and wanted to update Uh, at least what we know, and the details at this point are still spotty, Uh, but we do know there was a shooting on campus uh, in Lansing, East Lansing, Michigan, and that the shooter himself has taken his own life. Uh, There were actually photos out there of of this guy when they were still searching for him, Um, but they've since found him off campus, and he did take his own life, Um, and At this point, there are three fatalities, three people who died, three families whose lives will never be the same, Uh, friends, obviously, in college, your friends, your your classmates, um, people that you see on a regular basis. Everybody's so tight because you're just together all the time uh, and you're in your routines. And and so three lives at this point we know – Uh, are confirmed lost, and there are five wounded after this campus shooting, though some of those victims are in critical condition. So it's a very important time here as they're in the hospital and and receiving treatment, uh, hoping that this shooting does not take any more lives. The police chief, who or the police have been working on their investigation, the police chief uh, who is in charge of it, uh, gave an update not that long ago. And so hoping that we can grab some of that audio so you can hear uh, what happened through their investigation or what they know at this point. Uh, but there is a bit of a timeline. 
again, not a lot of details, but a bit of a timeline. Uh, so this is just after 8.15 Eastern time in East Lansing this evening. Shots were fired and calls were received because of those shots being fired uh, in Berkey Hall, which is the north boundary of campus. And victims were found there at Berkey Hall. And then the scene apparently moved to the Union, uh, where more victims were found. Originally, police thought that that the shooter was on foot and said they were trying to track him in places where he would have access by being on foot. Um, And then they were at least trying to figure out if if it was more than one shooter or if it was just one person. Uh, the, The videos and the photos were out there of the suspect. And at this time, victims were being transported Um, And they were trying to clear the scenes and make sure that they didn't miss anything or that um, they know that it's safe so that, you know, they can move on uh, and allow, maybe allow students to be able to access, depending on what types of buildings these were, about 1030, so just a, a couple hours ago, all campus activities were effectively shut down for the next two days. And that includes sports, um, basketball going on this time of the year, as well as other sports, uh, classes, all campus-related activities were shut down. I understand now, according to a new report, that that could end up being lifted, that moratorium on activities and classes and sports could end up being lifted if the police feel like they've been able to go through the crime scene, uh, and well, more than one, go through the various crime scenes and clear it and get all of the evidence that they need, they could end up reopening campus. Uh, but for now, they're saying they don't want students on campus until Tuesday. And also, the public schools in East Lansing have been closed as well for Tuesday. Uh, and the the MSU police chief, his name is Chris Roseman, he's the one who spoke uh, recently. And so... What we know from him is that there are three people who are confirmed dead in addition to five others who are hurt, and all of them right now are in critical condition. Uh, The shelter-in-place order has been lifted, so I would say the majority of schools and campuses these days, and I don't just mean uh, colleges and universities, but the majority of them have shelter-in-place orders. I know my mom, many of you are teachers, uh, my my mom, they practice their shelter in place and and what they do if they get the alert. Um, and so there are a lot of different phone chains or alert systems that are in place now via text message where you can send a mass message and a mass alert to anybody who signed up to receive it. Um, and so that they were able to to get that out as quickly as possible and tell students and and everyone else on campus to shelter in place. And then when they found out at just after midnight East Lansing time that the suspect was dead, they they figured out it was a self-inflicted gunshot wound. They lifted the shelter in place right after that because it was no longer an active shooter situation. Uh, According to the police, and again, this is a press conference that was just done in the last 25 minutes. Um, And so we'll, we'll see what we can grab from that moving forward. But the suspect was a 43-year-old man who had no connection to the school, at, at least in their initial investigation. So it, it really doesn't make any sense. Of course, a, a lot of this violence 
whether gun violence or other, feels very senseless at the time. So that was just 25 minutes ago where the police were uh, were giving the details that they had and they identified the suspect as a 43-year-old man who had no connection to the school. Um, they're, they're still right now investigating and, and going through the area, probably with crime scene investigators, to try to figure out what they can about the situation. Um, and so thinking about those families, certainly thinking about that scare and the nerves. I heard one student who was in the building where the shooting broke out say that his legs were still shaking from the fear and the shock of being in a situation like that. Um, and so, yeah, I, I, I can't, still can't imagine. And every time something like this happens in a school a school situation, instantly my thoughts go to my mom, uh, but also to my nieces who are just recent college graduates and um, just being in that type of, of environment where a shooting is really the last thing that you think about when you're a college student. Um, I never thought about it. No, my nieces, I would ask them every now and then, do you know what you're supposed to do? And what happens if you get an alert on your phone? But it's just not something you think about a lot when you're 18, 19, 20. Uh, Very often, young people of that age feel invincible. And honestly, they kind of should, right? I mean, that's that's when when you think you have life by the tail. It gets a lot harder after that. Um, But thinking about the community there in East Lansing, as well as the victims and their families and the students who are impacted by this. And we will pass along the information uh, as we get it. Now, I, I know this is what happens in the age of social media, but the police chief actually said this too. There's a ton of false information that's posted online that's not accurate. And so we'll let you hear from Chris Roseman when we have the opportunity, uh, but certainly thinking about that campus and that community and and how not just painful, but shocking, devastating, and just a, it's jarring. It's unthinkable. As I say, you, you don't really understand why ever. Uh, I know it happened not that long ago, obviously, at the University of Virginia. Um, but when the shooter seemingly has no connection to the school at all, and he's 43 years old, it just, man, it's, it's hard to, to even process uh, so thinking about them, uh, even as East Lansing now turns into the morning and the wee hours of the night, it's After Hours with Amy Lawrence on CBS Sports Radio. I know producer Jay is working on some of the audio. Are you telling me that you have something? Okay, so I won't then move on yet. Uh, but the deputy police chief uh, from Michigan State, so it's the MSU police, deputy chief Chris Roseman, uh, is it, just speaking a few minutes ago, syndicated that the authorities have cleared the campus. The suspect in this incident was located outside of the MSU campus, and it does appear that that suspect has uh, died from a self-inflicted gunshot wound. It is confirmed that he is deceased. This truly has been a nightmare that we are living tonight, but we have remained laser focused on the safety of our campus, our students, and the surrounding community. We are relieved to no longer have an active threat on campus while we realize that there is so much healing that will need to take place after this. Again, to reiterate the update, there is no longer a threat to campus. 
We believe there to only be one shooter in this incident, and there is no longer a need to shelter in place on campus. There is no longer a threat on campus. That is MSU Police Deputy Chris Roseman uh, giving the latest. And yes, I can imagine uh, it's a nightmare for many people, even if they weren't right there in in the room, in in that building. Uh, to know this happened then makes you feel vulnerable and there's fear and, and you don't know right away where is that shooter, where could he or she be going, um, what happens next, am I safe to move around. Yeah, it's it's really scary. Uh, so I, I know I, that's not a place where I wanted to start ever, uh, but because of the impact on a college campus and because of the impact on so many people, uh, and because it just happened, I wanted to make sure that I updated and also uh, just indicated that there are a lot of people, I mean, five is, you know, five people now, a lot of people that uh, are still hoping for uh, their loved ones to pull through, are praying for the victims that are in critical condition. So it is a really important time now, these few hours. And just as we hailed and lauded the medical teams and the first responders who saved Damar Hamlin's life. Now you have these medical teams, doctors uh, there in East Lansing and surrounding communities if they had to go to different hospitals who are fighting to save the lives of students who were shot. Or And I don't, I'm sorry, I don't know if they were all students. So please forgive me for that. But five other people uh, who were shot as well. And they are fighting even at this hour. Maybe some of them are on surgery um, and, and critical condition. There's just, there's, it could be touch and go, and, and there's a lot of fear associated with that, too. So thinking about those doctors and the nurses that are working and also the first responders who made sure that these victims got where they needed to go as quickly as possible. Um, I remember we were speaking with Danon Hughes to start last week, uh, beginning of Super Bowl week. He's a former Chiefs wide receiver and part of their radio broadcast and had just gotten to Arizona when we had him on the show. And he mentions how, or he mentioned how every single weekend when he played and now every single weekend when he works at the stadium, that there are ambulances and they're, they're really just part of the scenery. You don't think about them or or really notice them because they're always right there in the tunnel. Uh, Very often they're in the tunnel. Sometimes they're even parked uh, out uh, along the edge of the field. But to know that they're there and to recognize now in light of what happened with DeMar Hamlin that their job is so critical, even if they're only ever called on once, their job is so important. Um, It can be life-saving. It can be a matter of life or death. And so those first responders uh, that are trained, now the doctors, they're fighting in in a battle that is, in fact, life or death. So if we have any other updates, we will pass them along, but hoping for hoping and praying for some good news for the other five victims. We're going to go ahead and take our first break. Uh, coming up, we're going to be able to talk more about the Super Bowl, as I say, third most watched program in TV history, and the other two are Super Bowls. So third most watched Super Bowl of all time. And we've got an NFL insider who was there in Phoenix for all of the hoopla, and now even as the dust and the confetti settle, uh, we get the chance to hear from Patrick Mahomes and from Andy Reid, some of the other Chiefs uh, today. And we're just going to kind of clean up the NFL season. It's crazy that it's over. 
<laughs> I I feel some relief, mostly just because it's a lot of work, and there's always that ah, that release, that exhale when it's over. Uh, I certainly will miss the games and miss the the sense of urgency, especially these last, let's call them seven, eight weeks or so, as we were counting down the regular season right before the holidays then on into the first of the year and then certainly the playoffs. So I will miss it, but I won't mind having uh, some of my weekend back where it's not attached to a television set watching football games for days and days. All right, so you can find me on Twitter, ALaw Radio. Also on our Facebook page, After Hours with Amy Lawrence. We'll talk NFL coming up in moments here on CBS Sports Radio. You are listening to the After Hours Podcast. Chiefs have got the lead on the field goal. 36-yard line of Philly. Shotgun snap to Hurts. Dropping back, only one person rushing. Hurts looking, standing still, winding up. Long pass. It lands at the 20. No one is there. Zeros on the clock. It's over. It's over. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious people pieces of cargo they are so let instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date download the instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last minimum ten dollar per order additional term supply this episode is brought to you by progressive insurance whether you love true crime or comedy celebrity interviews or news you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue and guess what Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Over the Chiefs have won! The Chiefs have won Super Bowl 57! Uh, I'm not going to say Dynasty yet. We're not done. So I'm not going to say Dynasty yet. (laughs) This is After Hours with Amy Lawrence. Can I just tell you the truth? I hate that question. The man is just standing on the field in the middle of confetti after he's won his second Super Bowl. Second, by the way. We're not talking about seven or anything like that. Second Super Bowl in four years, and the dynasty question comes up. Oh, I, uh, what? Can we not be a little more creative as a sports broadcasting industry, please? I saw the D word on social on Monday, too, and instantly paged right through it. No dynasty clickbait for me. 
It's After Hours with Amy Lawrence on CBS Sports Radio. Uh, you hear the final call there of the Super Bowl, Kevin Harlan on Westwood One, and then Patrick Mahomes. I believe that was part of his Fox interview with Aaron Andrews after Travis Kelsey had hijacked it. Or was that up on the, the stage? It was one of those. Travis Kelsey does his best to hijack these things, though. Uh, it's After Hours with Amy Lawrence, CBS Sports Radio. We're pleased to welcome Matt Verderam, who was covering the Super Bowl for Fansided and also has Stacking the Box podcast. Uh, so, Matt, very often, I know this from attending a Super Bowl, what you see on TV is completely different than what happens inside the stadium. We now know that there were an average of 113 million people watching uh, that spike during halftime. But we saw one version on TV. What stands out to you about being in the stadium and the atmosphere there? I'll tell you the truth. I think really what stood out was just the city. I mean, you know, it, it's always funny. If you've ever been lucky enough to be down there a two-pole week, whether you're a fan or you're part of the media, the early part of the week it's a lot of people who are just kind of there for the week, whether whether or not it's Radio Row or it's just people who want to kind of go down and experience the whole thing. And then as the weekend gets there, then you kind of get an idea of how the split's going to be in the stadium. And it was very much, it was, it was pro Philadelphia. I mean, I would say probably two to one. Um, it was a, it was a pretty raucous atmosphere going into the stadium pregame, but I, you know, it's, it's the way these things are, you know, when you have a game that it ends like the way it did, um, yeah, there was like a funeral walking out of there for I mean, Philadelphia fans just streaming out. Of, of course, these fans were <laughs> waiting and soaking it all in. So it, it it was like a funeral for thirty minutes. And then after after they did the trophy presentation, then you know, cheese fans are coming out like it was a party. So it's always an interesting dichotomy to see that. <laughs> yeah, was it as loud as what it seemed like on TV, or was it loud in the stadium when Dak Prescott was getting booed by the Eagles fans? <laughs> It was loud enough. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean it's it's funny. You know, Super Bowls always kind of get the 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 uh, I guess the moniker you could say that, that they're very corporate and it's very cheese and wine. I've only covered four Super Bowls in my my short time covering the league. I I do not feel like it's like that at all. I, it, it's been very loud at all the Super Bowls that I've covered. Mm. Um, and listen, cheese fans are a passionate group. Philadelphia not exactly known for being quiet, so it was. Uh, yeah, there was a lot of passion, both leading up to the game and during it. And definitely some humongous moments in the first half, specifically for the Eagles and the way they raced out to that 10-point uh, yep. lead. But then in the second half, I wouldn't say it was a complete reversal because the Eagles still had some moments. That touchdown drive uh, where they ended up with a two-point conversion to tie the game, that was really impressive. But as you think about the second half and as you've talked to people about the game, what changed coming out of halftime, Matt? Yeah, you know, I wrote my whole column actually about that 29 minutes, and I talked to Frank Clark, and I talked to Chris Jones, and and, and Travis Kelsey after the game. I asked them that, and kind of to a man, they really made mention of Mahomes, they made mention of, of Kelsey, not that Kelsey, the Kelsey, the other guys did, about you know, they basically challenged the rest of the team, and they challenged themselves and said, you know, we need to we need to play better, we need to find that fire, we need to be ourselves, we need to be a little less tight. Um, but I think, you know, look, that, that's all fine. And I, and I believe that they felt that and they showed that in the second half. But I think really what happened in the game was Philadelphia, as that night wore on, they did not adjust defensively. And Andy Reid 
put on a master class for 30 minutes. I don't think Andy Reid's ever coached a better half of football in his life than he coached in the second half of that game. <laughs> I mean, they just took them apart with motions and all kinds of tendency breakers. I, if you don't watch the Chiefs every week, you may not pick this up for fans that they're listening, but there was a play. It was on the last drive of the game on third and one, and the Chiefs came out in a two-back set. And if you watch the Chiefs on short yardage this year, they do nothing but run between the guards on third and one. I don't know why. That has been their tendency all year long. And on this play, they lined up that they were going to do it, and they ran a sweep to Pacheco. And he gained 15 yards, got a first down, and ended up setting them up. So I thought Reed was great. And I thought the defense coordinator for the Eagles, Sean McGann, I thought really never adjusted. And I think that was the story of the game. No one can ever say again that Andy Reid cannot manage the clock in late game situations because as anticlimactic as it was, they managed it perfectly in those late stages. <laughs> they did. I, you know, honestly, I, I thought Kansas City, when they got the ball back with you know five minutes or so left and it was 35-35, I was thinking, just kind of trying to play it forward, if the Chiefs, score here, and they leave any amount of time for Philly, you know, a minute, minute and a half, even if they need a touchdown, I think they're going to get it because at that point, the Chiefs defense had not done much either. I mean, even in the second half, you know, they only gave up 11 points, but the Eagles only had the ball three times. So, you know, it, it wasn't like the Chiefs defense was going out there and throwing up a brick wall in the second half. They weren't. They only forced one punt. Um, but I, I saw it you know, in that moment, the Chiefs were very smart about the way they managed the clock. Now, listen, they obviously got that controversial holding call. Um, that, that of course, allowed them to bleed out the last you know, minute and a half, minute 40. But they did a good job of piecing that drive together. They stayed in bounds on some certain plays. They mm-hmm. were able to run the ball on that last drive. They made a couple of key throws. They, they really – they did whatever they wanted to do in the second half of the game, and that continued through that last drive. Matt Verderam is with us from Fansided, fresh off covering the Super Bowl in Glendale. It's after hours with Amy Lawrence on CBS Sports Radio. What did you think of the offensive line in the second half? Because I felt like that was really a major difference maker for the Chiefs, especially considering what we knew about the Eagles' ability to rush the quarterback with just their front four. Yeah, I, look, that was a huge storyline coming to the game, Amy, right? I mean, it was all about the Eagles have had 78 sacks this year, including the playoffs, and they needed five to break the all-time record. And can they get it? And they really, not only did they not get a sack, they very seldom even got close. I mean, right. they a couple times, a couple times they got some pressure and forced moms to move. But I, I thought in that game, you know, Chiefs did a really good job of chipping, helping on the edges, and they allowed the interior of their offensive line, which I wrote about earlier, and I think it's maybe the, the week uh, leading up to the game. The one thing about the Chiefs that I thought was so underrated throughout the course of the, the, the preamble of the Super Bowl was they have the best interior line in the NFL. The Chiefs' guard-center combination is the best in football. I mean, Tooney's an all-pro, Humphrey's an all-pro, and Trey Smith could easily be an all-pro at some point in his career. Like, they are phenomenal inside. And they really neutralized Fletcher Cox and Javon Hargrave and Dominican Sewan. If you can do that, you can always help your tackles. It's a hell of a lot harder to help the guys inside. Mm. Um, and to your point, yeah, in the second half of the game, I think there was also the added pressure on those guys of our quarterback is hurt. He cannot get hit. And 
they were great against the Bengals and the Jaguars earlier in the AFC playoffs when that came to be, and they were they were great against Philadelphia when they needed it most. I think another thing that really stands out is that you had three guys with the Chiefs who were first-year members of the organization, two rookies, and then Kadarius Toney, who scored touchdowns. I mean, that's that's also really impressive considering that they rebuilt a lot of that offensive receiving core. And then, of course, their, their secondary had a bunch of new guys, too. So, yeah, I don't think they're going away anytime soon, but we're, I'm not going to ask you the dynasty question, if you don't mind. Hope we'll just leave that aside for now. Uh, Matt, let's talk a little bit about uh, the Eagles just for a second. Um, we yep. know what they did to build the team that went 16-3 and 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 came up just short in the Super Bowl. Uh, when you think about them moving forward, uh, is this a team that needs to fill any holes, plug any holes, or are they good to go? That's a great roster. I mean, the question for Howie Rosen is going to be, how do you keep everybody happy? Because Hertz is going to be eligible for an extension now. Uh, he was oh, – they lost the game. He was phenomenal. I mean, outside of fumbling the ball once, I mean, you, you couldn't have asked any more of Jalen Hurts. I think it's the best right. game I've ever seen him play. Right. So he was, he was excellent. He's going to get paid a fortune. Um, how do you structure that? What do you do with guaranteed uh, – the guaranteed money? How, what, do, what do you do with, with the years? How do you make it work for both sides? That's going to be the big looming question. But then you also get into – they have a lot of guys who are free agents. I mean, you're talking about Chauncey Gardner-Johnson is going to get paid. Uh, James Bradbury is going to get paid. Uh, you, you look at Javon Hargrave, he's going to get paid. I, th- those are three major guys on your defense, and the Eagles are going to probably have to choose one of them. Uh, you know, and Dom Cantula and Bull Joseph, who are kind of rentals, they're going to go, what's going on with Jason Kelsey? He's going to come back. Um, you know, so there, there are a lot of questions. But I, I think that roster is, is loaded for bear. They, they should be really good for a while. Yeah, Howie Roseman getting uh, two essentially two different rosters, very different rosters and different coaches, uh, being able to to engineer rosters and locker rooms that could get to the Super Bowl. Uh, lots of other news items around the NFL, Matt. Uh, we know that the Raiders are planning to release Derek Carr. Not a big surprise, but before they have any more money committed to him, where do you see a good fit for Carr, especially since he has the no trade clause? Yeah, Carr, Carr really is going to be the most I think attractive free agent on the market. If you look at free agency, free agency is not good this year. It is not a deep class. There's some, there's some good safeties to be had. But a quarterback in particular, if you just want to look at that, I mean, there's Carr and then what? I mean, Baker Mayfield. Baker Mayfield, Carson <laughs> Wentz, Sam Darnold. I mean, it is it is slim pickings. So um, Carr is going to have this market in a great spot for himself. I, I think, look, you know what? The Jets – you talk to people in the league, I think the idea is that they're going to be all in on Aaron Rodgers. So if, if that ends up happening, um, you'll look around and go, okay, I think look, any of these teams in the NFC South could use them. I mean, I, I think the Saints have obviously already made overtures. I think for the Panthers, it would make a lot of sense. Um, the, the Buccaneers, now I think the Buccaneers are going to kind of go on a little bit of a rebuild here, but um, there's, there's a lot of teams. I mean, any of those teams in that division. Atlanta's interesting. I think Atlanta... If Lamar Jackson becomes available, I would watch Atlanta. I think Atlanta's the team there that would make a big push. Um, but, you know, there's there's so many options. You know, would, would Tennessee, would they ditch Tannehill for Carr? I don't, I don't think so, but I wouldn't rule it out. Um, but Carr, my, my inclination would be the NFC would be the better fit for him. But I think, I think there's a lot of different places that are going to be offering him serious money because he's a top 12 to 15 quarterback. He's not that old. Um, he, he can play, and in this league, 
how many guys have hit free agency in the last 10 years who are as good as Derek Carr at quarterback? Not many. Agreed. Um, when you mentioned the quarterbacks, didn't mention Jimmy Garoppolo, and, and I'm not putting words in your mouth, but do you believe he's a viable option for teams as well or no? Yeah, I do. I don't think he's, I don't think he's as attractive as Carr is. Um, but I do think he is, and I think it's a good point because he's better than any of the guys who just drilled off. Um, <laughs> you know, I, I think I think Garoppolo is going to end up in, in Vegas. I just do. Huh. I think like, he he and McDaniel's have a longstanding history. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I just think it makes all the sense in the world uh, that that he goes there. Oh, they, they would have loved to have had Brady. That's not going to happen. Um, and I think if I think if if you're the Raiders, okay, if you can get a, if you can get a Will Levis in the draft, maybe you go that route. But otherwise, I think I think Garoppolo is the bridge for you. You might even draft the quarterback and sign Garoppolo. So I think that's the way to go. So then, an educated guess about Aaron Rodgers is that he'll stay in Green Bay, or that he wouldn't go to Las Vegas. I think I think for the Packers, you reach the point with Rodgers where you are trying to get him to the highest bidder. I just don't think the Packers are a viable contender at this juncture anymore. That, that roster is going to have a cap crunch to deal with. Uh, if you're Brian Gutekunst, you've got to find out what you have for a month. I mean, this is year four of that contract. It, it's just it's time. It makes sense. Uh, Rodgers is going to be 40 next season. So old. I think if you're the Packers, you're, you're going to just say, okay, we get the Jets, who the, you know is interested. get the Raiders, who uh, – look, he would be a massive upgrade for. I think you try to play both of those teams against each other and see who can outbid the other one. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, the Jets, I think the Jets are more desperate. And I think, frankly, <laughs> I mean, the, the Jets, I just think, would go to a greater length. But that all being said, this is also the Raiders and the Jets. Like, anything is possible with either one of those two franchises. But <laughs> yes. I, I, I do think that the Jets right now, I, I would give this slight edge to. Okay, I'm sorry. It is so comical to think that he might end up going the same route or a similar route as Brett Favre. I mean, that just cracks me up to no end. I don't know why he wanted to be so different than Brett Favre, but very, like, there are some incredible similarities, and more and more yeah. it looks like they're, they could end up in two Super Bowls, each winning a ring, right? They've got, I know Rodgers has the four MVP awards, um, but right. ultimately seeing the franchise move on to a guy that's been sitting for three years behind him and then potentially both ending up with the Jets, it's like a, the Twilight Zone, Matt. Yeah, you know, I I never even thought about that. That actually would be really funny if that happened. You could just polish it off and go finish up with the Vikings afterwards. Um, it, it actually, that actually might contractually line up. Um, but yeah, I look. If you're Rodgers, I think you'd want out at this point. Like they, they're not the Packers are to a stage where they're going to have to get rid of some guys off that team. They're not going to be able to bring new guys. I just if you're the Packers, like what is the point? And if you're Rodgers. You know, you go play with the Jets, your buddy Nathaniel Hackett's over there, and you know the offense, and you've got a really good couple of young rookies on that team with, with Brees Hall and Garrett Wilson, and you've got a defense that can play. That's not the worst situation in the world for Rodgers now. The downside of that is you've got to go deal with the New York media, which that is that is not Green Bay. 
where there's no. five writers there. You got to go to New York where if you have a bad game, they're not going to want to hear that you're taking a four day darkness retreat. They're not going to care. <laughs> oh, no, we actually like that in New York. It's pretty funny. Uh, we turn that well, into great comedic material. Uh, so before I let you go, Matt, one more non quarterback storyline or topic that you believe is pretty weighty in this offseason? Um, of course, yeah, I, I think, I guess I would put it this way I think it's going to be really interesting to watch free agency as we approach here in about a month and change. Because if you look at this class, this is about as weak a free agency class as you're going to ever see. There, there are no corners out there outside of Bradbury, who I would talk about. I mean, a receiver, I'd argue the best free agent wide receiver is Juju Smith-Schuster. I mean, maybe it's going to be Keenan Allen if the Chargers move on from him. Wow. Um, but you look, there's no, there's no star tackles. I mean, you know, the, the, there's no star edge rushers, good safeties. Teron Payne's an excellent D-tackle, but this is a year where I think teams are – I think that might force some more trades, and I think teams are going to be really hyper-focused on the draft. All right, good stuff. We're just getting started now that every team has officially hit the offseason. You can find Matt on Twitter at Matt Verderam, V-E-R-D-E-R-A-M-E. And fresh off of the Super Bowl week, covering it uh, as the national reporter for Fansided, the Stacking the Box podcast, and company. Did I hear company behind you? Wherever you, are you home? <laughs> I literally just walked in my door for the first time in nine days, and my oh. five-year-old daughter woke up. So oh. she's sitting right next to me. I'm sorry. Well, we'll let you go be a dad. Thank you so much for a couple of minutes, Matt. No problem. Take care. <laughs> Cute little voice there in the background. Running a little bit late, but some good information from Matt. So you can find him on Twitter. And yeah, well, we didn't even get to all the quarterback questions. And as he points out with the free agency class, maybe there's less movement than what we saw uh, last year at this time. All right, we'll take a deep breath and uh, we'll let you hear. Oh, oh, heavens. Kyrie and Luca, they wanted so badly to get each other the basketball in the late stages that they fumbled it. Or one of them fumbled it. <laughs> it's After Hours on CBS Sports Radio. You are listening. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. (sighs) Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. 
Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Into the After Hours Podcast. I just felt like being in New York City in the media capital of the world, there was so many things that leaked out that I don't even know where they came from. And I'm answering things that I don't deserve. And ultimately, I don't pay attention to that much. So I'm just grateful that I got to move on now here. Eight to shoot. Working against Kyle Anderson. Right in front of the Wolves bench. Luca still with it. Oh, Kyle picked his pocket. What a play. What a steal by Anderson. Front court. Conley to the corner. McDaniels. Will slow things down with 58 seconds left to play. Eight seconds to go. Here's Kyrie up top to his right. And Doncic bounces it back to Kyrie. A pump fake. Now loses control. Torian Prince scoops it up. The Timberwolves have it. The clock expires. And this ball game is over. The Timberwolves hang on. This is After Hours with Amy Lawrence. Oh, that's my Syracuse classmate, Alan Horton, with the play-by-play on the... Minnesota Timberwolves radio network as the Timberwolves nearly blew a 26-point lead in this game. So still some growing pains, if you will, for Kyrie Irving and Luka Doncic. And actually, the two of them set the tone, but not enough from the rest of the Mavericks. It's After Hours with Amy Lawrence here on CBS Sports Radio. You hear the very end of regulation there as the Timberwolves are up by three Kyrie and Luca are attempting to get the best final look at the hoop. One of them needs to take a triple. And so the inbounds pass comes in uh, Kyrie to Luca, Luca back to Kyrie. And then Kyrie is at the top of the key, kind of getting harassed. Uh, and he fumbles the ball away, essentially. He did not take a shot. Um, and he didn't have a wide open shot or anything, but generally, if you're Kyrie, um, you know, you could take guys off the dribble, whatever else. Um, maybe try to drive in and then dish back out to Luca, but instead he kind of got caught between pass uh, and dribble, and the ball just bounces harmlessly away to a member of the Timberwolves. And that is the final call of the game as. The Timberwolves hang on. It just blows me away. These two teams both have the same number of wins. I keep talking about it, but the the number of teams, it's a crowd. <laughs> it's like Christmas at the mall, right around 500 in the midsection of the Western Conference in the NBA. So, yeah, the Timberwolves end up winning this one, though Kyrie Irving has his highest scoring Fourth quarter of his entire career, 26 of his 36 points coming in that fourth quarter. Uh, But Jason Kidd watching his two stars kind of be indecisive in that moment. Being together, um, being connected, uh, win or lose, you you know, you put yourself in that position being down. And I thought the character of that group uh, that played, you know, continue to keep playing all the way to the end and uh, gave ourselves a chance to tie it there. Um, unfortunately, we didn't. Um, but this is something that we can grow from and learn from as we go forward to, the, you know, the second half of the season. So what about that exactly? Kyrie Irving, do you have any advice 
wisdom, counsel for Luka Doncic as he learns how to play alongside another star? Because apparently Dirk Nowitzki doesn't count. I don't want to dive too, too deep into the advice that I would give him because I think I could go and actually say it to him, (laughs) you know. uh, But I I could give you just a generalization of, of just what my frame of thinking is, is, um, just passing along what the greats before me have passed along. It's just focus on uh, what you have in the locker room, the guys that you have, focus on the discipline and focus that you can control yourself and the results will play out. Um, enjoy the process, enjoy the journey. Um, and when you get an opportunity to play with some special people, really cherish them. Uh, don't take it for granted. Um, and, and really enjoy the time that you have because this game goes by so quick. These years go by so quick. And like you said, I play with Bron, I play with KD, and you know I've, I play with James. Kind of, um, kind of. You know, obviously seeing the duo that's in Boston now with JT and JB, how elevated they've become. I feel like every time I've played with other great players, we've become better and we push each other. So I know that Luke can push me and I can push him, and um, that's just simple for me. What? <laughs> I mean, I'm sorry. You become better? That's not what James Harden says. Not even remotely what James Harden says. And I, I'm just speechless. He he definitely has his own version of history. He definitely has his own version of the events as they happened. And while I certainly wasn't in the locker room with them, you hear James Harden talk about it now, pointing out that, hey, I wasn't the problem. You can see why I wanted to get out of there. He definitely doesn't sound like he thinks they made each other better. Now, now if you're talking about functional relationships, absolutely you get better because a rising tide lifts all boats, meaning – and, and we could use a quarterback like a Patrick Mahomes or a Jalen Hurts as an example. Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, Peyton Manning, go on and on. The best quarterbacks, they cause everyone else around them to get better because if you don't, you're going to be left behind. But also because you've got this incredible example of preparation, work ethic, and skill and talent, uh, a different way of viewing the game. So often you can learn from the greats. But he and KD only played 74 games together, and he and Harden and KD only played 13 or something like Every that time I together. Play with other great players, we've become better. Great. Well, that bodes well for Luca then. Gosh, it's after hours with Amy Lawrence, CBS Sports Radio. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend 
or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.